Listener Production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Coming up on Footy Talk today, I'm going to be talking all things Payne has as he hits the open market. We'll be talking about the race for the finals. And I'll be talking about backing up from Origin. Hello and welcome everybody to Footy Talk, a listener podcast. I'm James Graham and joined by... As always, Connor Watson, hello to you. Hello, James. How are you? I'm very well, mate. I'm very well. And also got Greg Inglis. Hey, boys. How are we? All going well? Good. Yep. How are you, mate? Oh, you know, baby's, I think she's a little (laughs) bit teething at the moment. Every week I've been coming here and all that there, but I always keep saying you wouldn't change it. So, you know, it's, uh, but it's been good. You know, we take it in turns at home, bit of a team, mum and I. So, it's all going good. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Colin. Just before we kick off the show, uh, just following on from last week's episode. Yes. Uh, the welcome to first grade moment. Yeah, a teammate was sharing um, one of those with you. Yeah. So uh, this week, I think it was the question was actually who would I rather tackle you off the kickoff or Greggy at full flight? And the reason that this came up was because when we were talking about that. I knew I'd had this conversation with a teammate of mine, but I was just trying to work it out who. And then the other day, Dylan Napper and I were chatting and we're talking about when he first started and remember how he might have, did he put a shot on you? The Burgess boys he he went after. Yeah, he put, I remember he put a shot on Gallon in like his first game, Mm. a couple of big ones. And then he reckons one of his earliest games, Greggy has um, run at him and Naps, so it was like a kick. Greggy's picked the ball up and he's like, Naps is str- good sides, his left side. That's where he whacks blokes. And he reckons Greggy didn't even pick his head up. Naps is like, how good is this? I'm going to whack one of the greats here, like, on the man. And then he just goes to smack Greggy and just got bumped off. Greggy apparently just <laughs> didn't even look at him, just head down and then bang, ran straight over him. So that's what Naps reckons. That was his welcome to first grade moment. Uh, big Naps. Uh, Do I'm, glad, I'm glad to see him back in Oz playing footy. Yeah, it's yeah. He's, um, he's back. He's been playing for the uh, Roosters Cup side. So it's like the only senior player in that team. It's all just like, <laughs> it's literally 20-year-olds and then Naps. So he's just sort of <laughs> their, their leader, but it's good to have him back. I was thinking, it got me thinking about my uh, welcome to first grade moment too. And mine was against you guys, actually, Jimmy, against the Dragons, Anzac Day. Uh, it was probably my third game in first grade. And I remember same sort of thing. Jason Nightingale's going to take a play one carry and I've gone to line him up and just bumped me off, like sat me on my ass. And then all my, all my mates after the game were into me. But like Jason Nightingale was deceptively strong and a, he was yes. a gun. Yeah. He was an absolute gun. Yeah. But yeah, he sat me on my ass. But because he looked skinny, all my mates were yeah, yeah. about it. Like, <laughs> that's it. If only they knew, eh? Like yeah. that's it. Some people are deceptively strong yes like and he was one of them that almost like skinny strong yeah a skinny strong man yeah what about you uh, my welcome to first grade moment I can uh, close my eyes and think of it right now so a man called Michael Korkidis, um playing in the Super League he played for Wakefield I was a fresh faced 18 year old playing in the back row and he has took the carry off a tap 
and just ran straight at me. And I thought, oh, I've got to like put everything behind this. And I can still feel the pain in my shoulder <laughs> from that. I can, you know, when you close your eyes and you can think, and you, you that frozen shoulder, and you, you're just running on the field and you're like, is this going to come back? <laughs> it's just, just all numb. Just, it just goes. <laughs> It, it just goes and it's just it's crazy because everybody ha- everybody's been in that moment oh sorry most footballers have been in that moment a frozen shoulder and it is oh it's horrible you just got to keep going and and you're running alongside with your arm going yeah like, like that like, yeah <laughs> and you're trying to move you, it and you can't hide it can <laughs> you because you can't run in a normal fashion and you don't want to show anyone that because you're thinking hang on if, if they if they run at me here like I'm just gonna like <laughs> dive my body at them and not be able to wrap not even a shoulder charge just sort of like pathetically throw yourself at them it's but almost yeah. like that feeling when you're going for your shoulder up and they give you the um, numbness around it and you're trying to move your arm around yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's a weird feeling in that when you're running when you're running and on the field it's just you can't feel anything your hands tingle <laughs> over oh. there in England it'll be be even worse because of the coldness yeah far out yeah it was horrendous <laughs> it this, good. yeah i was i'll never forget that as long as i live anyway on to uh all things football related in the current day uh origin dead rubber gi you've played in a couple of these yeah yeah What's I, played it like? in, I played in a few and you know you go into the games even though you tune two nil up you know i was part of the 2010 the last one that had a clean sweep and even to get to that point two nil up and to go on and get the clean sweep, it's it's quite hard. And, you know, we've seen on Wednesday night how hard and difficult it is. It's, you know, because you go in, players can go in, train all they want and go in, but subconsciously they're probably just going in saying, oh, we've already got the, um, the game, the series wrapped up. But in saying that, you ask the players now, it's like, no, nah, no, nah, I wouldn't be thinking about that. Just like, I just want to get out there and play the best. But then later on, they'll probably be sitting back and thinking about it. It's like, oh, actually... Yeah, I did go in that subconsciously because I thought, I thought the same way around those games, and then now looking back on it, it's like, well, yeah, actually, I did maybe take it a little bit easier than what I should have. And but you know, New South Wales deserved that. That they went out there, they played for it, and um, you know, not only did they play as a team, you know, Cody Walker unlocked their their attacking weapons in the outside backs. So you know, I reckon they got the the team right. Game three, but yeah, it, it's hard to go in there when it's a dead rubber. You're going two nil up, and you're going trying to get the series three three nil because it's, it's mission accomplished, isn't it? it yeah, mission yeah. accomplished. Like the, the objective is win the series. Yeah, and I don't think it wouldn't have would have even mattered if it was played in Suncorp either. You, you know? Oh they, wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've I've had that opportunity up there as again, and the same thing happened. So. You know, it's what, well, you look at it, what what is the team, what does New South Wales have to lose or in, you know, or what did Queensland have to lose? Well, you, you know, if you put the shoe on the other well, foot. Well, New South Wales, oh, sorry, Queensland had almost like nothing to win other than, you know, a, a clean sweep. Yeah. But, I mean, they won the series. Yeah, so it always would have been nice to walk into the yeah. sheds with 3-0 up and be, be more, but. Because you yeah. go down in history as a 3-0 side. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, while we're 13 years on later and still talked about, about you know, when I was involved in that. So, yeah. you know, subconsciously, like I said, um, it'd be hard for them to get up there and actually admit it. But, you know, look at it later on down the track in a few years, they'll probably be sitting here saying, yeah, actually I, I might have been just a little bit off and thinking about – 
you know, getting through the game and lifting the shield and going back into Clubland. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I, I can't speak on those players. I only speak from my own experience. Yeah, because I feel like all the talk this week was around that if New South Wales were to win, like they were going to have to claw and fight. And but to be honest, they looked they did it like quite comfortably. I think you know they really dominated that second half there and looked like a different blue side. And I guess when you've got like nothing to lose, they definitely played like it. Like they moved the ball a lot more than they have. The addition of Cody was awesome, you know, starting Cam Murray. So that combination between Cook and those two was good. And, mate, Bradman Best, I thought he was outstanding. And, yeah, he really showed a lot of, you know, critics that, yeah, well, that were very critical of, of him being picked, that he's ready. And, you know, I, I thought he was, and it's awesome to see him play that well. I was going to say it because there was a lot of media attention about him. So why do you pick Best and, you know, why don't you put Cutho in there and, you know, what's the best way to utilise it? And, again, it's... It was scrutinising the, the squad that Freddie picked and New South Wales selectors picked. But, you know, if Woody would have the best game that he did, Bradman best, if, you know, Cody wasn't there to unlock it, if they didn't, you know, mix up the middles with Cam Murray, know when to play, know how far to go into the line to pass it to Cody. You know, that's because that's what unlocked unlock the um, the players on the outside. Their whole skill execution yeah. seemed a, a lot better. Even the first try from Toto on last play, it, awesome. it was a it was a bit disjointed. The attack it wasn't shaped. There was, you know, people were sort of like half waiting for the kick, but the the accuracy of the pass, which makes all the difference, led to Toto having that space in the corner. Now I'll take you back to game one and game two. New South Wales were in similar positions, but one of those passes was just half a yard behind or half a yard in front, not a clean catch, which then, if that happens, uh, Kaloa Matangi can't do that baton yeah. to Crichton because it's a, it's a, like split-second accuracy, bang. And I just thought New South Wales' skill level, whether whether that's due to, to the, play, the, the couple of additions, but it seemed like everybody had a much more accurate passing game, whatever you want to call it. It was just that their attack was sensational and their willingness to throw the ball and shift out a yardage as well was telling it. It really freed up that left edge. And whether that's that's Cody saying, this is the game plan I want to play. Give me, I want, to, I want us to shift here because you've got to trust me that I'll find the right pass. Yeah. Whatever it was, I think, you know, it's it's a bit of a blueprint there for... For, for next year moving forward. Oh. And I, I think Cody, if he continues on this vein of form, he has to be in there next season. Well, he, um, it looked like they played with confidence. It looked like they played calm and they backed it up with their defence. You know, that's what Origins footy is about. You know, playing that there, being confident in what your, what your game plan is, going out and executing it the best way they can, which they did. And, you know, hats off to them because they showed that they can play that mm. brand of footy, you know, it's um, picking the right people in the right, right positions to start off with. But I like the way that they defence as well. Mm. The way they deed up throughout the whole 80 minutes, not just, you know, drips and drabs here and there. So, you yeah, know, what congratulations to What were Queensland tries? The first one was off a kick. Kick. Ooh. And the second one... The hammer. Oh, that was... Yeah. <laughs> freakish. See wow. You know, he actually, you, know, you know, he actually He's, side, he side-footed that... Like, you watch the replay, you know, you watch it in... Yeah. He's actually turned his foot and put it on a little side foot. Incredible skill. It, the, the quickness of, of him off the mark. Yeah, yeah. He just, like, just looked like he was just jogging um, 
past total. It's just <laughs> not fair. People who are fast, it really annoys me. Um, you talk of the the defence from the Blues, mm. GI. Do you think they were playing for their coach? I think they were playing for their coach. I think they were playing to bring back into, you know, this whole series and even last series is like, oh, well, you know, they're not playing as a team. They're not playing as they should as for a state. Not playing pride in their jersey and it all just gelled in or playing for their coach. And, you know, Wednesday night they showed it. They, they showed they did all those three things. All these things that they're being cr- criticised about, they went and played it and they played it for longer and harder than Queensland did. And that's that's the way it was. And that's why New South Wales won because mm. they earned it. Yes. They earned that win. Sl- Slater said it after the game, um, we got what we deserved or in this mm. game you get what you deserve. So... It'd be interesting to see if um, if Fitlick is given a, another chance and deserves another chance. I think personally he has. There's no other clear candidate. Yeah, that's what about you, Connor? Where are you at with that? Should yeah. he be reinstated? I'm I'm with you, Jimmy. I, I just can't really see who comes in, you know, to to replace him. And yeah, I think last night, you know, they got the balance of the side right and, and really showed what New South Wales was capable of. And, you know, you spoke about playing for the coach, but a lot of these players also, you know, are playing for themselves and playing for their own origin careers. Like it was important coming off mm. sort of two poor games from them. Um, had a really good display last night. So, your, yeah. Your club mate, captain, Teddy. Yeah, Ted was outstanding. Awesome. Mm. So good. You know, they even though he's been criticised the last three games, he's made over 200 Meters yeah. each game. I think last night he got close to three. Well, that that's 300. the that's the thing with Ted. You you kind of take for granted how good he is. Yeah. So when he's not making a line break or scoring a try every game, then you know people who don't watch the game that closely or you know sort of listen to outside noise will then think that he ha- hasn't had a great game because he hasn't filled up the stat sheet. But he's always there. You know, you, you can look at the amount of runs he has, the amount of metres he, he takes, and he's always trying, he's always competing. But, you know, there's probably, uh, like, you know, had the, an issue with the high ball in, in the first game and come up with a clutch play last night at mm-hmm. the death where they put a absolute heller of a kick down and he just jumped out through three of them and, and caught it. So but you can never keep, you know, great players down, can you? No, nah, not, not a champion, so... Yeah, like well, he just form is temporary, yep. class is permanent, and that was evident with James Tedesco yep. yesterday. Um, as attention quickly turns to the run into the NRL season, what's it like for players backing up GI? Look, it's tough. It's um, coming back and you know being around in camp for those <clears throat> for those three games, and then bringing going back in the club. And yes, you want to go back, and you want to perform and and do the best you can because you know ultimately this is your chance to, you know, prove your team to go onto into the finals. Um, <laughs> me personally, I'll, I'll give you a quick story about, about me personally, and this goes back to it when we first started, you know, my welcome to first grade moment. Uh, we, in Melbourne, when we used to play Brisbane um, most of the time after, after Origins, and I remember this one particular game, I was going back and I started playing 5-8 at the time, this, I think this was 2006, maybe 07. And we played Brisbane at the old Olympic Park where it was just a racetrack around around it. And, you know, yeah. everybody hated going down there playing against Melbourne in, at that field. And then running out there in typical Wayne Bennett fashion, uh, knew I was backing up, kept, I think he rested Carmichael Hunt and Justin Hodges. Anyway, he 
So what he did, we had Brad Thorne. He had Brad Thorne. He had Petra seven receiver. Brad Thorne's playing edge. Petra's playing front. And what does Wayne do? I'm defending the front line after Origin. This is on a Saturday, I think, or Sunday afternoon. Body's still not <laughs> recovered well. Puts him on my side. So what do you reckon <laughs> I did? I had to tackle them to all, all 80 minutes. After about 10 minutes, I was like, I want to get out of here. I don't want to be here. <laughs> like, honestly, just walking, walking back and talking about that frozen shoulder. Man, I had a frozen body mm. all over my game. like corks. You know, I, I, I don't know if you ever tackled um, Petro before, but mm. he is, and you think he's tired, but he's never tired. He just keeps turning up, keeps wanting the ball. And when he runs, his elbows and knees. And when you try to go down low, it's, you know. He's if, made, it was like he's made out of granite. I'm either going up for a HIA like today over a small little bump and not coming back. <laughs> 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 Don't put me back on. But, man, I was just getting hit left, right and centre. So, you know, that's a bit of – but that's my, my little story about um, backing up from origin. It is quite hard though. It's tough. I remember another game – where we played the Cowboys on a Friday night straight after just at Amy Park. And, you know, coming back there and trying to get back up for it, you know, you're tired, you're busted, you just came, but, you know, you still got to turn up in front for for your club. Mm. But it is difficult. It is hard. And, you know, I think I, I think there's footage of me with uh, one of those little bandages on, on my quad because I had a cork in my quad and a um, little bit of a, oh, I'll say it wouldn't, Cork, I'll say pretty much as saunas. <laughs> the whole team, the whole team was just giving it to me because I ran out there first time. And I got this intercept and I was like, oh man, I don't want to run the length of this field. <laughs> I was just I was over it. But yeah. Did you do it? it? Yeah, I did it. <laughs> yeah. It comes with it. But when you get there, I was like, oh someone just catch me. I don't want to keep running. But yeah, um, it is it, it is quite um hard backing out from origin, but you know, it's like I keep saying it's your job. You got to turn up and do it, even though you're, yeah. you're thinking about. Oh, you know, I wouldn't mind the rest here, but I think because I was younger, I was younger then. And when you get older and you're playing more games and playing well, then that's when the coach can look at you and say, "Hey, we'll actually give you a rest." Which happened, you know, when I was up here at South Sydney. You know, yeah. you, you earn that. Yeah, you earn well, that well, rest. Well, some clubs as well, they're in that that position that mm. they can afford to do that. I think we've seen Penrith Panthers. Yeah, uh, they, we've seen them do it and not do it. Um, Last year, it was really successful for them, but they earned that right to to go into Origin exactly. and after Origin rest their players. There's probably some teams in a boat where they can't afford to rest, and they think that you know a player backing up is better than what they've already got. Whether or not in the long run it is for mm-hmm. the betterment of the team, I don't know. But there's, I think there's nine teams in the race for finals. With all due respect to. Um, Manly and the Titans and then the Dolphins and the Roosters that can still get there mathematically. I think it's a nine-horse race. Um, who do you think messes out? Uh, geez, I'm going to say that we make it. Firstly, so okay, well, so we've got to a- we've got to win seven of eight to make the finals. So the Roosters can do it. Yeah, like it, we did it the, last year. Yeah, we did it last Roosters year. Roosters can do it. Yeah, unfortunately. That game, that, that game might have, you know, brought Batty, uh, brought Teddy back to bring it back to his club land. Well, yeah. Wednesday night. Yeah. Might bring the whole morale back together, bring him more confidence. There's, you can never say never in this nah. game. We get a few troops back too. All right, so who, who are the, the cheese is back? Uh, Sammy Walker, 
this week, next week, probably play cup this week, I think. But I, I looked at our side the other day. I like sort of the, the, the side that we've got playing. Uh, mm. Young C.Y. Wong, did you see his debut the other week? Come yeah, off the bench. very strong. Awesome. Didn't look mm. out of place at all. Didn't miss a beat. But uh, okay, let me go back to this. The nine. <laughs> so I think looking at it right now, um, I reckon like obviously Panthers, Broncos make it. Um, I think Storm end up there. Raiders as well. I think they've had a terrific turnaround of, of form. Eh? Like they've done a great job, uh, especially the way they started the year. Everyone was talking about how slow they were sort of started and found their form. They played terrific f- through their middles and they're just doing that again. Just beat teams down. Do you notice that Raiders, uh, I've, I swear every time I watch them, they never like smoke a team. It's always really close, but they <laughs> they just make it so hard. It's because of the style of footy that they play. Yeah. They're winning tough. They win tough. Yeah, that's what they do. They win tough. They're winning finals footy games. Yeah, they're playing playing finals footy. Yeah. That's right. Uh, the Rabbitohs will, will be up there. Um, so what have I got there so far, Jim? Six. You got six. six. Have I said the Warriors? No. Nope. Yeah, the Warriors will make it. So you got one between Eels and Cowboys. That's where I'm at with it as well. Yeah. Eels or Cowboys, but I think they, I think Para miss it. Really? Oh, really Just yeah. off their draw. They've got a really difficult draw. And they, I think Para, Para play the Cowboys in Townsville. Well, actually, next we make week. it. That makes it. So both, both, the, both, both Eels and Cowboys. Both Eels and Cowboys <laughs> out. Roosters just <laughs> catapult themselves in. Yeah. I think, yeah, me, I think, I agree with you. I think Eels miss out and Cowboys go in. Yeah, as it stands, as it stands. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that yeah. one. As it stands, looking at it now and seeing both the teams' home runs into the finals, Eels have a really tough couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, Cowboys, the way they're playing and the way they turn things around, um, yeah, I think Eels miss out and Cowboys go in. Also, though, how good has the Eels turnaround been? Remember we were talking yeah. about them? Up- they were 0-4. Oh, yeah. 0-4. I think, yeah. 0-4. Yeah. Everyone was freaking out about them and, you know, are they already out of the finals contention? But yeah. they've done a terrific job to get back to where they are. I just actually ran into uh, Ryan Madison before I was talking to him about it and he just said, like, yeah, we're playing – we still thought we're playing good footy but we just weren't winning games. Mm. So they've just done a good job of just sort of winning those games now and they're, they're in some good form, get Mitch Moses back, Dylan Brown in a couple of weeks. Well, there'll be lots of twists and turns along as the way. Still got a few games, as there always is. All right, we'll take a quick break and we'll be back in a moment. <laughs> Welcome back to Footy Talk, a listener podcast. I'm James Graham, joined by Greg Inglis and Connor Watson. Boys, uh, Payne Haas, via his management, has said he is set to hit the open market come November the 1st. It's... Not Huge. the first time we've heard this um, from Payne House's management. He wanted a release, I think, a couple, uh, of, years ago. couple of years ago. Um, I believe he's the best prop in the game at the age of 23. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete, a fit. great footballer. He's fit. He carries the ball strong. He chases back. He does all the effort. Saves so many tries. Um, is this going to be the end of his Broncos career? Oh, yeah, well... But what happened a few, was it last year or a few years ago when he said he wanted out or wanted more money? <laughs> he ran out. I think he was talking th- about it with, I think with Ben wanted, Hunt. I, wanted, I think he wanted some clauses in there yeah. as well and around 
um, finishing in the eight or mm. winning a premiership. Yeah, because we was talking about Ben Hunt uh, a few weeks back and going back and, you know, being booed. You know, you didn't want it to mm. be like the Payne Huss saga. Yeah. So a couple of years later and now this is happening. So he's a free agent. Um, it's out out in the market on November 1st. I don't know if he leaves. You don't reckon? Nah. I think just looking at where Broncos are, they're in a... But then what... But For me, this says he is leaving. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah, yeah. The fact that he's said it twice already and then he's willing to go on the open market. Mm. Right. And like, who out there would have... Everyone would love to have him. Yeah, but who's got the money in the salary cap? You know, you can't be the Bulldogs and throw a pub. Shares in a pub at him. So, (laughs) you know, it's... um. You know, then then also they got to think about Fafita and um, Fafita and Tino. Tino. So you know, it's but this this would be for for Payne Haas. It would be for season twenty twenty five. Okay, so there's plenty of time to yep. shuffle the deck salary cap wise and and make a play for him. But like, still, still two years away. So he's yeah. still up there looking. So he's, he's, he's here for the end clubs. of this to the end of this season and next year contracted at the Broncos. But clubs can make a play for him for 2025. I think, I think the Roosters are a team that springs to mind. He was rumored to be of have plenty of interest from there last time he was off contract. Uh, I think the Bulldogs will almost certainly make a play for him. They've made a play for Tino, um, or alleged it's been reported that they've made a play for Tino. So they want that marquee middleman. Raiders and have money too. Raiders have money. The Tigers have money. Hope Dolph, South. The Dolphins could be in the mix. I hope South's got money. Throw it towards him. Yeah, he's so good. Do you, uh, yeah. Do you reckon he'll potentially move South, Melbourne? To the Storm? Yeah. Do you reckon I, that I, will suit him? I, I, I don't know if they could afford him. I think he would. With yeah, the money he, that they've got tied up in, in, in Munster. Grant. And yeah, Grant. Yeah. I, I, Pappenhausen. Pappenhausen. Nelson. Jerome. Yeah. See, I'm looking at, put my sales cap on, looking at sales. They're just looking to rebuild and looking to resign players. So, hearing this news, they might put some money aside well, for well, it. Well, Payne Haas is the type of player for a start from, for front rowers. You, you need four of them in your 17. So, there's always room. And then it's just about how much you value um, allocating so much of your salary cap towards the front row because if he's going to be demanding a million dollars a year plus, that's a lot of money to be tied up in a front row. A lot. I just hope he stays in the game. I've got a fear that he's going to follow um, Swally he out to Rugby Union because no doubt, I think Rugby Union could afford to pay him way more mm. than what any club could mm. um, at the moment. Do you play juniors coming through? No idea. Union? No, no, no idea. idea. Mate, he could play anything. Look, if he was all right, if he was to go to Union, where would you? Where would, where would he be? I feel like he'd be a number eight, number eight. Just Flanker. give him the ball. Just number eight, ball. yeah. Fullback. Just give him the ball. Fullback. He could play, he could play, he could play inside, right. outside centre. He yeah, he's, do him wherever he, he wants. Probably a number unbel- eight. Unbelievable athlete. Like, he's one of those guys that you could put him in the in the lock, in the back row, front yep. row, and he could still do his job to the best. So, I, I don't know. Whoever, whoever goes for him, good luck to you, and hopefully he's got enough money in the cap for for it, so do you think if the Broncos don't win a comp over the next couple of years, like would that be a factor too? Well, he's not going to have that much 
time to decide, is he? Mm. Because he comes a, a free agent no, November the 1st. I, I think this this will likely be sorted but before a ball's kicked next year. If he's moving somewhere else or staying, I reckon it'll be a matter of before the season started and we'll be seeing him either play on and he's re-signed at Brisbane or it'll be, oh, next year he'll be at Club X. Yep. But so I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, the Roosters and the Dogs, the front runners mm. from the Sydney teams. But like you say, GI, you know, Souths, they're, they're always in the hunt now as well. Mm. Like With with this team play, play man, we all, you know, we, I think we spoke about it a few weeks ago as well. You know, he's still got end of this year, still got a hold of next year, but he's said he's coming out to become a free agent to sign somewhere, looking to somewhere in 2025. Like, wouldn't that make that dressing room a bit uneasy or... Well, this yeah, is the, this is the problem with that the we have. And it, it's, it, it's but but it happens. Yeah. Brandon Smith did it when he left Melbourne to to come to the Roosters. You know, it's not the first time that this has happened before. Well, two years out, they've got all the tampering rules over in the states. Hey, with stuff like this, like you can't come out and say that you want to go, or clubs can't say that they're interested in you. You get fined up to the nine balls. Like, is that something that? I have to bring in, yeah. introduce well, it. One of one of the mm. things that I, I thought would be, um, we're going slightly off topic here, but a, a, a priority in the CBA is to change the trade window. And I thought um, the NRL and the clubs would have been harder on it, but it seems to have been left alone. It's one of the issues that isn't being brought up, and it'll be just continue on as it is. And I, I don't know. I think I, I've changed my mind on it, but that's. Mm. I, I think we 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 should shorten the, or bring in a form of trade windows. We're never going to be perfect and be able to no. please everybody, but you know, that's, that's going to be the issue. Again, we're going to have this same, it's all part of the soap opera, right? And it'd be the same, um, the, the same storyline where, you know, superstar player is playing in Brisbane for a year and, you know, has signed for another club. And yeah. it's like, well, is that, is that what we really want as a game? Probably not, but, Anyway, Payne Hass hey. is going to get plenty of suitors. Um, speaking of other sports, yes. FIFA, FIFA are in town, taking over, yeah. throwing their weight around. They've made their impact felt. Mm. So, was it you that seen a few signs going up and around? Yeah. And talking about the naming of the grounds, whether yeah. they can and can't say or... <laughs> yeah, it was Allianz. I drove past it before and they were putting up the sign to cover Allianz. Allianz up with like their own branding but instead of putting up like a big square that sort of looks over nice it. and they've just like put a circle over the letter like of the over the O they've put a like an A piece over the letter A and then they've covered like the two L's with a square so they've got this wonky sign <laughs> yeah. that's like promoting can, the World Cup but it looks so Can you silly. still read the Allianz with those signs no, over? No, you it can't. Just like, it's just the shape of a... You, yeah, you could maybe if triangle, you sat there. Circle, yeah, triangle, circle, squares. <laughs> yeah, triangle, circle, squares. Different sizes and shapes. And but. what about like with us? Like if, if we're doing an interview here and we're talking about FIFA, like sitting here in a podcast, what about the names? Yeah, well, Could you all. say the names or you just got to say, oh, you know, they're playing out Sydney Football Stadium no, instead of they're, Allianz? They're not, they're, they're, you're not allowed to, to have any sponsorship names. They, they come and rule with the Iron Fist FIFA. Like the, you can't even use the grounds. What about... So what do, so what do they call... A core. A core. Homebush. It'd be Stadium Australia. Or oh, Olympic Stadium. Homebush. Homebush Stadium. Yeah. Who knows? Just, it can't have an affiliation. With I find a, that bizarre. With, 
I mean, it's just F- FIFA throwing their weight around. They don't want any other sports played at any of the grounds. Like they like the 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 official FIFA sponsors. So I mm. think Budweiser would be one of them from memory, or whoever the beer sponsor is. That's the only beer you'll be able to buy at those grounds. They'll get rid of all the you know whatever taps. they have, all the taps. You, you won't you won't see a sign for any of the taps that are there because they come in and they they deck it all out in the. The FIFA sponsorship, they are militant. They don't want to see anything. If the, if the stadium's Pepsi and they're Coke, you won't see a bottle of Pepsi in there. In fact, I might, if I'm going to any of the games, which I think I am, sneaking a bottle of Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> and promoting it all the way around. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's a bit shit. Uh, you know, we can come on here and talk about NRL and talk about OC, but then you... <sighs> On FIFA and what they're doing around, like, is were they taking, like, say, Allianz, the Roosters? Like, where you still play your home games there, or you just uh, got to no, work you're not around them? You're not yeah, allowed to walk I'm, in, like, yeah, that's man, honestly, that's, the ground, they are. that's what I don't get. Like, your you know, facility is still there, but or you have to move your facilities, your training, dressing rooms, everything over to uh, the, so, so we're allowed to train because we're on the far side of the, of the new stadium, yeah. we're, we're in there. So we're allowed to train in there, I think, every day but game days. So if it's like a game day, we have to go to probably New South Wales Rugby League and train out yeah. of there. But like even the, for example, the security to get into the stadium now, like originally the doors are open, we could get up the elevator suite. Now you have to bring your pass. And if you don't have your pass, you got to like call someone to come down and like open it up for you. <laughs> yeah, it's a hassle. So yeah. teams and that have been moved around to accommodate for FIFA? Yeah, yeah. I think like majority of the teams have been teams. affected or all, all sort of home games have been changed. I think um, Melbourne playing out of Marvel. Marvel. Yeah, yeah they're at Marvel. Uh, so Where does South play out of if they can't use... A core. Well, I think they, they they take a few games on the road around this time as well. So that's what they're doing. They're in sunny coast this weekend. Uh, the cricket ground can cricket ground can still be used, uh, but if there's we play at the Gabba actually in two weeks. Yeah, that's the, that's to, the Brisbane one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was about to ask. You reckon that's why they did that? The yeah. um, Broncos and Redcliffe. Well, they they have to. I mean, they, yeah. It's not like why they, they like FIFA will part of the agreement for them coming over. And having the ta- host, having the tournament host, mm-hmm. is you've got to clear the decks for them. It's not all oh, where well, you can play this sport and that sport. Like literally, as of last night, um, a core stadium was handed over to FIFA, and then they just wipe everything. After. Yeah, it, that midnight last night was the handover. But wow. having the World Cup in your country is huge. Oh yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. It, it, it is going to be huge, and it's and it's something we should all be looking forward to. Just all that. Other politics beyond the scenes. That's <laughs> it, yeah. But look, go sport go politics. Go to the Aussies and sport World Cup. Sport politics. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that wraps us up for another episode of 40 Talk. We'll catch you next week.